you're apt to look up at the corner of a song and see, yes, that was a psalm that came to us from Psalm 122, and that was a song that we studied a while back when we had barely begun our series, uh, really our ascending with these pilgrims of the faith who went before us. So if you're joining us here uh, of late, and this is something like number 19 in our series, this is the last one. So if you feel a little lost today, that might be partly wise, but Psalm 122 that we just sang is part of a summary as we look at this purpose that we have, this privilege that we have to make our way to worship the Lord, to make our way to Zion itself for his praise. That journey began in Psalm 120. That was in a distant land, if you recall, some time ago, uh, sort of a distant feeling as well as the pilgrim was thinking uh, way ahead to this day when the arrival at the temple would be a reality. Still, we have this uh, fact that in faith, they had to hit the road, hit the pavement, and there they left together to pursue their destination. So we have looked at their eyes as they're lifted up. We've looked at their feet as they have been lifted up as they progress as pilgrims. They're singing all the way. They reach the summit of their journey. And that's, that's where we find ourselves today in the reading of Psalm 134. If you're not already there, it's in your bulletins. If you'd like to follow along in your own Bibles, that's fine, but we've printed a translation for you in today's outline. Psalm 134. You'll see it's only three verses. It's very fitting, though, for a conclusion to a set of songs, self-titled songs that constantly direct God's people upward always ascending to the day, to the place where true pilgrims long to find themselves. Do you know where that is? It's not a trick question. It's the house of the Lord. Actually, it's heaven itself, to the heights, the pinnacle, that highest point. So listen to this song, how it calls us effectively to join the chorus that's gone before us and also to enjoy the blessing of the Lord every step along the pilgrim way. Hear the word of the Lord. A song of ascents. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Let's pray together. Father, with you there are words of life. And so to you we look with expectation for the grace that we need to hear this word and to live it out as we ought and to live it out with the joy that you give us in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. We have some cadets with us today. Perhaps you noticed them walking up the aisle moments ago, seated prominently in the front row. I will use this occasion to say something. I was never a cadet. That's not the point I want to make. Uh, in fact, cadets wasn't even around at the time I was their age. So it wasn't in this area. So I uh, settled for the Boy Scouts. Um, and one thing I remember about my scouting days was uh, hiking. Uh, specifically, there was something called a 20-miler. And if you can believe this, a 50-miler, meaning you hike 50 miles all within the span of about a week quite a task for a tyke, 50 miles up into the mountains, winding your way through scenery day after day with about 20 other guys, 
and for me, at the age of 12. Wow. It was, uh, I'm telling you, that was uh, quite a hike, and I didn't always enjoy it. Uh, at the time, uh, I was highly motivated to go, though. And so, I don't know if you're thinking these, but you know what motivated me to go? I think at the time, the greatest motivation may have been the leather patch that you get when completing the 50-mile hike. It says 50-miler. I wanted the patch, so I was motivated. That patch would acknowledge a special feat of my feet. And it would prove and I think it's still in my basement, that I had reached the pinnacle, the 50 miles, the hiker's heights. And today, in Psalm 134, we read about another journey that ends in the heights. And this journey offers the greatest reward. Not a patch, but a place. A place of praise, a place of blessing, and that's where all these songs have been leading us, if you've been following all the way up to Mount Zion, to the heavenly heights. That's where we're going, because in the end, the pinnacle of our ascent is heaven itself. And that's why we ought to enjoy the Lord's blessing all along the way. And as this final song in our series reminds us, we are the spiritual pilgrims, yes, we're hiking, making our way. And as we do, we ought to enjoy the Lord's blessing both as raised from below and at the same time as reigned from above. And that's what we'll be looking at today as it is outlined in our bulletins. As together we find ourselves concluding the climb that we began in Psalm 120. So are you ready to arrive? You ready? Along the way I'm going to ask this. Have you enjoyed the journey? I don't mean just a sermon series. I mean the actual pilgrimage in your faith as you identify yourself with those who've gone before us. Do you enjoy this journey, this journey of faith from here to heaven? Look with me at the setting of the series as it ends here, beginning in verse 1. A song of ascents. We've been over that. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. And this is the first thing we want to ask of this last song of ascent. Who exactly is raising the blessing that's described here? Or we could put it this way. Who are the servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord? Is that everybody? Well, in a single word, no. In a single word, it's the priests, the Levites. The servants whose job it was, verse 1, to stand, it's also translated minister, in the house of the Lord. It is they, the priests, who are being called upon by someone to bless the Lord. Okay, so we want to set that up. So here we are in this setting, uh, and in the setting of this whole series of songs, what's the picture here? This is what we have. We, we have a, a brief conversation that's developing in front of us between the pilgrims, we've been following them, They've come to worship at the temple. That's on the one hand. And they're speaking to the priests who serve in the temple. They're on the other hand. So pilgrims and priests 
are striking up a conversation here at the end of this series of songs. In other words, in verse 1, we hear the people calling upon the priest to keep up the work. You've been called to do this. Keep the work going. Keep the praises going. Even into the night. Keep blessing his name, even after we have all returned home. Raise your blessing to the Lord continually. You can understand it in that ongoing sense. That was their duty. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 10, the law of Moses summarized the role of the Levites in terms like these. They were to carry the ark, carry the ark of the covenant. We went over that in Psalm 132 at Christmas time, right? They were to stand right here, stand before the Lord. It's practically a technical term, this standing. They were to minister to the Lord, and they were to bless in his name. Not just to his name, but to bless in his name. That was their calling as priests. And so knowing this, what are the pilgrims doing? They're encouraging them. Do your task. Come, verse 1, or behold. Bless the Lord, all you servants, those who stand by night, make it even literally, those who stand by night performing these priestly duties. Uh, by the way, and this is where the, the aforementioned guilt trip comes in, and it's going to go by real quickly. So remember the aforementioned guilt trip? Something about the evening service? I recently talked to someone that... Uh, Unbeknownst to him, I was going to be preaching on this uh, a couple weeks later, was going uh, through why the, the biblical case for the evening service. And I encouraged him to give it to me because I, I want to hear a good one. That, that it's a, and he used this very verse. This was part of his case. And I'll just leave it at that. See, no guilt applied. We can talk about that one later. What do you think of that? This duty was going on. This is the basis. The activity was taking place by night in the house of the Lord. Okay. Moving on. In other places, we know as well that the priestly ministries included the practice of offering up sacrifices. I think, I think even unbelievers know that. They know that a priest is supposed to kill animals and do things like that, right? Well, that, that we won't cover as well. We celebrate that from time to time in what the Lord did specifically at the cross. Like We celebrate that every week and very specially at the Lord's table. They offered up sacrifices, the Lord offered up the final one. And also we know that the priests were to offer up praise in music. Specifically, again, both day and night. That was part of their calling, to offer up music. Uh, they would bless the Lord with music. Praises were raised to his name from below by the priests. Keep some of that in your head, especially as the task force meets, you can be praying for how we might offer up our praise to the Lord in music as a body of priests today. Again, another float hanging in your heads, moving on, because something else is raised by the priests, and that's this, prayers. So we have prayers and praise. What do you mean by prayer? That's something else that's encouraged here. As they leave the assembly here, the pilgr- look at verse 2. They add this, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. That's describing the act of praying. Since in biblical times, the gesture of raising the hands was aptly associated with the posture of prayer. They're reaching upward, reaching toward the heavens to the Lord, to the holy place. Verse 2, see that? It's also translated in the holy place. Uh, Could also be understood uh, that, you, that they were to do this in holiness. So what's the distinction? Well, they're both fitting. 
because as the priests represent the people and they're offering up the prayers to the Lord or to the holy place or in holiness, we have a picture of both and or either or, this picture of where they're doing this, which is in the temple, or how they're doing this, in holiness, hands upraised in prayer. They're calling upon the priest to keep up the work, keep their hands raised in prayer and in praises as they bless the Lord. So there we have these, these first two verses. Very quickly, we see that there's quite a call being placed before these particular servants of the Lord. Evidently, the people want to know that the blessing, this blessing of the Lord, it's mentioned every time and every verse gets the word blessing. Somehow it's bless the Lord. In some way, this is happening at all times. It's not going to end. When they go home, remember, they've made their way from here at Psalm 120. They make their way up to Zion. And now they've got to go home. And so the picture being somewhat this. Priests, keep it up. Keep it up. It's got to continue this praise of our Lord. Somebody's got to remain in the temple representing us, blessing the Lord in the service of worship. They've made it to Jerusalem. They made it to Zion. They made it to the pinnacle. That's our summary word. They made it to the pinnacle for this festival, this this worship time. And soon they had to go home. So they wanted to know the priest would be carrying on in their absence. It was great comfort to them. Uh, That's a snapshot of verses 1 and 2 in the setting of these songs of ascents. And so so we get to the, okay, well, if that's a summary, it's it's probably easy for many of us, myself included, to look at verses like this and say to ourselves, uh, maybe not so what, that's a bold charge uh, or bold statement. You don't say that to scripture, you don't say so what. Who wrote this song? Um, God. So we might say something like, I don't really get it though. Um, I don't identify with these pilgrims. Partly because I don't know any Levitical priests, I don't think. And also because I can worship all the time. I can make an actual pilgrimage to this house of the Lord every week, for that matter. Not just during the three annual festivals that were required of the ancient Jews. Same festivals that required, for some, quite a bit of travel. I don't see the connection. So help me out here. How do I relate or we can ask it this way, how ought, how ought this psalm to move me, to move us? And then I answer that in two words. The song ought to move us inwardly and upwardly. And if you've been following this pilgrimage all the way along, those hopefully will make some sense. It's another way of saying that from the inside out, we offer this blessing to the Lord. We hear the song, we're motivated. It's it's not just uh, in the sense of a pep assembly. Uh, It's not just in the sense you see the Seahawks coming out of the tunnel and you're you're all fired up because the music's playing loudly. And It's not just that kind of inward movement. That's hype, and hype has its place. But to reach these heights, the joy comes from within. It's not the bombarding of sounds that can move even a pagan into a frenzy. This is an inwardness where the Spirit of God himself moves you inwardly so that upwardly your movement is with joy. And joy can manifest, we've been over this, it can manifest itself in a number of ways. But clearly, this is part of their inward and upward movement. They enjoy the worship of the Lord. Uh, They find joy in blessing his name 
in coming before him, not only for these festivals, but very specifically for the purpose of praise. They're singing, offering their prayers, and asking the priests to keep it up. So it pleases the true pilgrim to offer up self in an activity of blessing. And blessing would sound something. Telling God how great he is. Doesn't he already know? He does. But do you know? And do you enjoy telling him week after week in the assembly how great you are? You're my God. You're my Father, as we've talked about already. I need you. I will thank you for the gifts that you've given me. I will thank you for your mercies, as we've seen already in the series by way of review. I will thank him for his protection, for his provision, for his pardon, etc., etc. Everything else we've been seeing in this pilgrim series of songs. They make their way up to Zion for this purpose, for this pleasure. Worship. You might get the idea that a pilgrim was required in the sense of, you better get up there. This is where the guilt trip is shameless. You better go to that festival there at the temple, or you're going to get it. In Christ, the picture is not, or you're going to get it. It's what aren't you getting if, with gratitude, you aren't wanting to go. If joy along the way is not part of your disposition, what's with that? Seriously, inwardly and upwardly, there's pleasure, there's joy. So is this something that we enjoy? This is something we enjoy. Say they enjoyed it, but do we enjoy it? And we've gone over this many times, morning and evening services. But here's the thing. We grow weak. We might actually forget, maybe not in our brains, but... We forget and continually slip into some form of selfishness, even in our worship. And so we're going to keep reviewing this subject when we're given a chance. And I think the psalmist here gives us a final opportunity in this song to say, do you enjoy this? Are you enjoying this, this worship that is continual? And you say, well, the word enjoy isn't used in this song. We've been over this in these pilgrims, in fact, often in the psalms. You're looking for some big fat imperative, some big command to say, you got to go do this. And so often these psalms, but there's not really an imperative except hallelujah. And that's significant in itself. But if you want to march out here with some great you know, set of orders, something you better get busy doing or else, back to or else, you might be disappointed by these songs. But I'm going to suggest that the word enjoy is implicit. It's a worthwhile application for us today. Why is that? Well, remember here what's going on. These pilgrims, these words are placed before us. We're readers today, right? And what have we been seeing in their lives? They're they're coming to the pinnacle, are we? Yes. Pilgrims arriving at long last at Zion. They've offered up their praises, and now they're calling upon the servants of the Lord. We've been over that. Keep it going. They don't want the praises to end, so they are moved. They were moved physically, spiritually, inwardly, Upwardly, the hike had been worth it. Why? Because their friends were there? Well, maybe they were. Their friends were with them all the way along the way. They walked there together. Why was it worth it? The Lord himself was worthy. That's why it's worth it. They get to go up and with a whole bunch of other people who agree with them, tell God how great he is. Is that why we came here today? To ascribe worth to our Lord out of gratitude, out of a joy 
for who he is, what he's done, especially in sending his son as savior and sacrifice. They're very specific applications of praise. Is that what moves us here? Or is there some other mover, some other motive? Now, last week, a friend of mine uh, called. I, I wondered, it was Rusty. Okay, I'll just tell you it was Rusty. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if he'd want to be associated with this. Um, he had to tell me to check out this website that uh, had these uh, video clips that are related to church themes. Uh, he's very emphatic about this. You've got to see that. And he specified a few of the clips, and each of the ones he referenced me, they were all, they made their point through humor. Uh, one was called, uh, one of the clips was called Me Church. It's a very brief clip, and it sort of uh, speaks for itself. It's how churches will do practically anything to get you to come to uh, my church. Um, <clears throat> even one of the things was, if I'm going to come to your church, you're going to have to get me tickets to the Super Bowl. And then the voice comes over, oh, that's asking too much. No, I'm not kidding. Okay, we'll get them for you. So, <laughs> Then there's another clip. It was somewhat related to that. It's called It's All About Me. And I caught Robin must have found it because she was laughing, and we started watching it together. And basically, it's, um, it kind of speaks for itself too, but it's just a guy sitting at a piano and singing straight-faced. And I'm not trying to be glib, but I, I think you'll get the parody if you appreciate parody. Straight face, various uh, uh, popular songs today in churches with the slightest of word change, um, which effectively changed the entire meaning. For example, he belts out, not I exalt thee, but I exalt me. And then the song, there is none like me. How great I am. Now I lift my name on high. And I am why I sing. Et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and really, you, you watch it and you kind of laugh. And really, by the end of this minute and a half, you, you don't know if you're laughing or really kind of crying. Because so easily, our giving of worth is self-centered. If you've known me for any t- amount of time, you, you, you know that I, I like to take occasion to point out that I wanted to write the book. It's not about you. It's not about me. And yet, we want it so desperately to, for that to be true. And yet, it's so disappointing if it were. If everything, and especially worship, was about us, you know how disappointed you ought to leave this morning? But we can design an entire hour of worthship, ascribing worth to ourselves. Around what we like, what blesses us, as though that is the purpose of our pilgrimage. And it's not. It's not. And in this final song of ascents, among other things, we are reminded of that very truth. We come before him to raise our praises. From here below, as we sing in the doxa, we are the creatures from here below who are directing our doxas, our praise, to the creator, the Lord. That's why we came. And we want to encourage one another to do that as well, to bless the Lord, to keep it going, verses 1 and 2, keep it up. And, you know, and more could be said here and, and probably has and will be said again about this very particular activity of blessing the Lord, how it 
applies and how we ought to enjoy it. But still, for now, we do want to turn our attention to this last verse of this last pilgrim song. You see it there? It's verse 3. This is going to reveal uh, something else that ought to move us inwardly and upwardly. What is it? Well, it's the Lord's blessing as rain from above. As rain from, in, in other words, it's something that comes this time not from us to him. You follow this? This is how it ends. But from him to us. That kind of blessing. Listen again to verse 3. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Hey, Pilgrim, how do you like that for an ending? Fifteen psalms, that's how it ends. You can say to yourself, so it is about me. <laughs> and I'll say, well, what is? What's about you here? What are you seeing? If you say, well, well, it's not the worship. You say, okay, I'll give you that. It's not the worship. It's not the blessing that us sends. Instead, it's this blessing. It's the one that descends from above, in a sense, you know, is for us. But that's not worship. That's blessing. You've heard, and we'll hear again, Lord willing, the blessing that God gave his people, that Aaron was to give, Aaron the priest, and you hear it frequently from, from this pulpit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. That's a blessing from God to his people. We've offered up our blessing to his name in various ways, and he sends us away with his blessing. Speaks of what God alone is able to give, and in fact did give, even to creatures here below, to sinners who need a recreation from the creator. New life. From who? From the one who made heaven and earth. Verse 3. See that? That is the Lord who must bless you from Zion. That maker. Blessing you from above, from heaven. Otherwise, what? Well, your journey, and that, <laughs> your whole journey, in this life and the life to come, if that blessing is not upon you in his name, the only other alternative are curses. It's a biblical setup there. It's blessings or curses. Blessings and curses. Covenantally, if you understand the covenant, ultimately, it's one or the other. Blessing, that's for those who believe and trust the Lord. And really, these, in this entire series of psalms have been about trust. We are pilgrims who walk by faith. And our trust is in this Lord who made heaven and earth. That phrase has already come up. Is that where your trust lies? Because the alternative, I'll say it again, is curses. For those who reject the Lord, I'm not going to follow this path. Who cares about this journey? I will walk it my way. I will focus on, well, me, on my strength, my assets, my goodness, my righteousness. Don't do that. Don't. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. So look to this Lord, to his blessing. That's how the song is supposed to end, on a high note. From the pinnacle place, from Zion, verse 3, which is where the Lord reigns in glory. You know what the book of Hebrews tells us very plainly? Zion, 
Now, some people are getting excited about a physical place on earth that will be set up that Jews get differently from Okay. Christ is seated in Zion, in the heavenly Jerusalem. He is the Lord who reigns right now. We confess that here repeatedly. And Jesus right now is serving as our mediator in prayer, and he's already served as our mediator at the cross, where on him were placed your sins if, like these pilgrims, your trust was in him. If not, then your sins will receive the curses, and they will be placed on you instead of him. But we have a priest. For those who believe, we have the high priest, the highest priest, the Savior, who fulfilled every priestly duty there is. And so you must look to him. And by faith, these pilgrims did look to him. Psalm 134, here they go. They're making their way to Zion. They've called upon the Levitical priests to perform their duties day and night in the service of the Lord. That's what these pilgrims did. To which we hear this response. Verse 3, evidently this is expressed by at least one of the priests. The people are making their way out. And what happens? A priestly benediction. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Again, single word benediction means pretty much good words. Don't you want to leave with a good word today? Not, not from me, but from God. God gives his people a good word, his blessing, pronouncement. It's ultimately from God. Here it's delivered by a mediator, in this case a priest in this psalm. And when the blessing is pronounced, it becomes a reality, uh, not merely in words. When this becomes apparent when the Lord's blessing is rained down, as we're summarizing here, when it rains down from above on you, here's what's going to happen. You're going to enjoy it. Ah, the implicit word, enjoy. From whence the heart of joy expresses itself. Inwardly, upwardly, the pilgrims move on from faith to faith. Here we are. We're walking we're worshiping, we're hiking. And however long or however short on this earth your hike may be, what is it that you have learned? Is it trust or is it worry? As we heard earlier today in our catechesis. Well, we've come to the end of our pilgrimage. And I did finish my 50-miler. Did I mention that? I got my leather patch. But what I really didn't explain is how I failed to enjoy the hike all along the way. Why is that? Well, because so much of that trip, my focus was on things like this, the 40-pound pack on my 12-year-old back. See if you can translate all of these. The blisters on my heels inside of my lousy hiking boots. Then there was the fact that almost every day, I was about the slowest hiker out there, uh, accented by the one day when a guy named Warren and I were coming into camp at, when it was dark and everyone else had already set up. Lousy 50-miler. <laughs> Plus, there were times when the horizon stretched out so far that the pathway seemed to keep going only upward. 
as though always another summit. Was I really expected to enjoy this? And yet, as I look back with some perspective, I realize that the miles covered also included things like this, the camaraderie of campers, kid humor, the joy of being a kid, filling my canteen in a mountain stream, gurgle, gurgle, looking into the hills to spot a whistling marmot along the way, naturally enjoying the scenery, and also that strange delicacy of baked beans when cooked over a campfire. I wasn't home yet, but all along the way, there was plenty, plenty to enjoy. And the same is true for spiritual pilgrims, for spiritual hikers, for you, for me, on our way to heaven. Have you enjoyed that personally? Because the pinnacle of our ascent is heaven. The true Zion. And that's precisely why we ought to enjoy our Lord's blessing all along the way in our worship of him, in our walking before him, and even in our waiting for the Lord Jesus himself to return from heaven on that day, when he will take all of his pilgrims all the way home. Let's pray together. Father, it is true that in Jesus we have a home, an eternal home in heaven. So this moves us forward in hope, knowing that beyond any pain in this life, there is far more than a patch that awaits us. Because ours is the promise. And ours, Lord, is the priest who not only sacrificed himself on a cross for our forgiveness, but also he is the pinnacle. He is the fulfillment of your every promise and of our greatest joys. So, Lord, may it be true of us here that in Jesus we would enjoy blessing your name always, and that all along life's way, we would enjoy and love to receive your blessing, especially as you have been pleased to grant it in the person and in the saving work of your Son, in whose name we walk and in whose name we pray. Amen. To the tune of the doxology, we will...